of the Lord. In our James passage today, we've heard that God, our mother, gave birth to us so that we could be a kind of first fruits of all God's creatures. So what are first fruits? First fruits are the first ripe crops from a harvest, and they were offered to God during the Feast of First Fruits to thank God for providing for them and to look forward to a greater harvest yet to come. So this would have been a super poignant metaphor for the Jewish readers of James's letter because it calls to mind both their first fruit offerings to God and the first fruits that would have been stolen from them by the landowners they worked for. There would have been a double shame at play here. Shame in not being able to offer first fruits to God and shame in being forced to give it to the people who were oppressing them. But what James is reminding them of that speaks to their shame and subsequent anger is that they themselves are the first fruits. Not what they can produce, not what they can provide, not their net worth, not their pedigree. They're the first fruits. As beloved children of God, born of women, they and we are what God wants us to offer to him. They and we are the beginnings of how God is establishing justice on earth for everyone and everything. So in this context, being described as first fruits is an acknowledgement that our offering of ourselves and our shame to God is foreshadowing the redemption and restoration of all things. James is that he gets really concrete really fast. What would offering ourselves to God look like in this context as the beginning of a greater harvest yet to come in a culture of violence, shame, and oppression? There's a couple things. <clears throat> Our James passage says that we start by being quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to anger putting aside wickedness, and receiving with meekness the implanted word, the word that is part of us, grafted in through Christ. It sounds like James is describing what we would now call emotional regulation, or mindfulness, or groundedness. Of course, he wouldn't have known that at the time. Um, but he's saying that these are forms of justice, because the anger of men doesn't produce the righteousness or justice of God. So I want to double click on that. I work in corporate America, so we're going to double click. <laughs> Another thing to pull out from this passage is that you can only embody these forms of justice in community with others. You cannot be quick to listen if there's no one to listen to. You cannot be slow to speak if there's no one to speak to. And you can't be slow to anger if you never encounter people who get on your nerves. 
you and the others around you practice these skills together in community. This is the gospel lived out. So justice starts with an offering of ourselves and our shame, and we offer that to God, and then there's concrete actions taken in community, living as if it were true that we were the first fruits. This is good news for us because our offering of ourselves and our shame sets off a series of other offerings. And that's how God establishes justice for everyone over all the earth. In Christ, we are the catalyst for new creation. Just like Jesus healing Peter's mother-in-law was the catalyst for other people to be brought to him and also healed, our receiving with meekness sets off a chain reaction of other healing. This is how God's kingdom comes to earth. This is justice. I think we can go a few different directions when we think about how we can respond to this good news. Number one, we can let shame tell us that what we do or say has zero impact on anything much less new creation or justice or the kingdom of God. Or number two, we can run from the uncomfortable feelings that having to put aside our power or privilege to listen evokes in us. So where do you see yourselves in these possible scenarios? I think I swing wildly between the two, but I think most of the time I tend towards believing that What I say or do doesn't matter, which doesn't mean that I don't say anything. It just causes me to be careless with my words. As a person who struggles with toxic shame and maybe some emotional dysregulation, there's a connection between my outward anger and my inward shame. Can anyone relate to that? A sarcastic, harsh word directed at my husband, yelling at my sons, a gossipy text to a coworker, these all come from the belief in my heart that my words don't carry any weight and have no power to do anything. My anger is a cover-up for my inner shame. So in this context, being quick to listen, slow to speak, slow to anger, and receiving with meekness the implanted word actually stem from a change of heart, a metanoia or a repentance that affirms that I am not defined by who listens to me and who doesn't, but rather I'm a beloved child of God and the first fruits for a harvest of righteousness yet to come. Receiving this good news sets us free from the shame which makes us want to power up and take control in an attempt to be seen and heard. I can remind myself that I don't need to yell at my husband because I can't find my black cami. (laughs) No, not that one, the other one. I can slow down, breathe. I have enough time. When I slow down, breathe, and offer myself to God, I don't have to power up and take control. I can slow down, ask for wisdom. Lord, where is my black cami? I can receive it. And as James says later in his letter, 
a harvest of righteousness is sown in peace for those who make peace. I can make peace. We can make peace. This is justice. We are the first fruits, offering ourselves to God and the promise for a greater harvest yet to come. We are continuing the work that Jesus started and continues to do in us to bring light to the darkest places of our shame and the shame of others. Church, today we proclaim the good news that God gave us birth in Christ so that God's justice would be established everywhere and for everyone. In Christ, we are the first fruits and forerunners of new creation, setting off a chain reaction of bringing light to bleakness. Live fully as the first fruits that you are, beloved, and be freed from your shame. I want to make sure this is clear. Receiving with meekness is not passive. It isn't a, oh well, nothing to be done, shrug of the shoulders kind of attitude. Meekness is strength displayed by resisting. Later on in James's letter, he says to resist the devil and he will flee from us. We can actively fight injustice not by repaying like for like, an eye for an eye, a tooth for a tooth, but by welcoming and befriending the reality of our anger and shame and who we are as first fruits and living in light of that. As James says elsewhere in his letter, to live now as if that reality is neither present nor coming is like looking in a mirror and forgetting what we look like. Hear this, church. God is inviting us to remember who we are and to make peace and do justice accordingly. So how can we respond to this good news? First, come to the table and receive the body and blood of Christ. Jesus offers you healing today and freedom from shame because he took on our shame himself in his body. He conquered shame by his death and resurrection and today offers us a new way of enacting justice on the earth. As you come forward, imagine offering your anger and shame and imagine settling into your identity as a beloved child of God, the first fruits in which God is making all things new. Our healing and the healing of others who are ostracized by shame, being targeted by violence and oppression, are indelibly linked. Making peace and doing justice are lived out in community. Making peace and doing justice means standing in solidarity with the anger and shame of others. Second, as we close, I'm going to borrow from the Sursum Corda, part of our liturgy that we participate in every week, and do a little embodied fun time. (laughs) So, uh, when I say lift up your hearts, we're going to pause for a second, and I invite you to feel your anger and shame for a second. Whatever, just whatever pops into your head, whatever that is. I want you to locate that shame in your body, 
and just notice it, okay? And then after a few moments, we will respond with, we lift them to the Lord. And you can lift up your hands if you're able, and lift up your heart to the Lord. Imagine offering it to God. This is an embodied way to both offer up your anger and shame and receive with meekness. Hear this. God wants your anger and shame. He wants all of you. You are the first fruit offering that he wants. A bruised reed he will not break, and a dimming wick he will not quench. Okay, so let's take a few deep breaths. Church, lift up your hearts. Notice your shame, whatever it is. Notice it, feel it. Maybe you're in middle school and life just feels like it's embarrassing and shame-filled all the time. Maybe you're an adult that struggles with toxic shame. Maybe you have a family of origin where things are awful. Just whatever that is, just notice it, feel it. Now we respond with, we lift them to the Lord, everyone. <laughs> Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. Church, today we proclaim the good news that God gave us birth in Christ so that God's justice would be established everywhere and for everyone. In Christ, we are the first fruits and forerunners of new creation, setting off a chain reaction of bringing light to bleakness. Live fully as the first fruits that you are, beloved, and be freed from your shame. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.